windows, lock your doors, keep your loved ones near, time is running out, it's here for fear! Welcome, this is Ear for Fear, and I'm Donovan. And I'm Rick. And this is the podcast where we talk about scary movies or movies trying to be scary. Cool. Today we're talking about uh, 2001's The Others, starring Nicole Kidman. Let's, uh, before we, I guess, dive into it, uh, give you a kind of quick uh, quick plot on this, uh, on this movie. Uh, it's 1945 Jersey. Uh, Grace is a widow living in a mansion with her two children. She lost her husband, Charles, in World War II. Because her children are photosensitive, Grace keeps the curtains and the doors closed to protect Anne and Nicholas against the sunlight. Grace raises the children with strict discipline and certain religious principles. Uh, Grace ends up hiring a housekeeper, a maid, and a gardener to help with the upkeep of the large home. Out of the blue, uh, mis- mysterious things start happening in the mansion, and her daughter claims that there is a boy named Victor that visits them. Grace unsuccessfully seeks out the boy until the day she has a revelation about the house and its recent intruders. Others. Uh, last week we talked about the change link and uh, kind of accidentally talked about the good place. Um, these are movies uh, concerned with the afterlife and specifically ghosts. This one's a little bit different than the change link where a ghost was trying to communicate with the living. And this one, it's uh, a ghost uh, trying to be communicated with by the living. Yeah. Um, this movie's pretty creepy in my opinion. Uh, some pretty big scares, but uh, it's almost, more, I, I mean, I, said this in the the end of the last podcast but i thought the changeling was more like a drama with just some scary scenes in it i feel like this one is also kind of like that um whereas the changeling is a man trying to come over the uh um the death of his family this movie is more about accepting your own death and mortality um yeah uh i know i've seen this before i feel like this is a movie you owned at one point because how else would i've seen this movie yeah i don't yeah, I probably owned it at one point. I guarantee you did because yeah. I can almost guarantee you I watched this when I was like 14 or something during like a summer when I was just yeah. super bored and did nothing else. Yeah, oh. <laughs> almost definitely that's how I watched it. Yeah, probably. I, I saw this, kind of saw this at a, at the theater when it came out in 2001, but I was at a drive-in and uh, I think I was on a date. And so I don't, I don't, um, I remember bits and pieces of it. Um you know, I I remember definitely remember the ending. Um, yeah, and the, the the twist is very memorable in my opinion. It is, and it's and it's unfortunate because it's like the ending itself isn't unfortunate, but when we talk about it, we're gonna if no one's ever seen it, we're gonna spoil it for them. And it's um it's a really it's a really cool ending. You know, I yeah. I, I like it um a lot. I but think, yeah, I probably owned it, and you know, 
You did because I remember the others came in like one of those bulky DVD cases. Oh, as opposed to just like the really thin ones. Yeah, you're probably right. You no, you definitely did. Yeah, and it's than, funny that you don't remember. I don't remember. I mean, you, you know, did at so, one point own like 200 DVDs. Oh, I think I own more. Than, I think I was three or four hundred, and then and then over the course of time, I just started to thin them out and get rid of ones that I knew I wasn't going to watch over and over again. Yeah, and this falls in that category. It's not that this is not a good movie. Because I like this movie. It's just a movie that I know myself, and especially when it comes to horror, it's not a movie I'm going to pop in uh, over and over again and watch. That, that you know, there are, I have several of those movies I never get tired of. The Changeling is one of them that we talked about last week. The others wouldn't fall under that category, but it doesn't mean it's not a good movie. And that is interesting because I think these movies are perfect companion pieces to each other. Um, they both kind of tackle similar ideas um they're both inherently ghost stories we're just kind of seeing them from different perspectives each time um they even sort of use the same uh ideas when it comes to scares where you've got sort of the house as you know the tool for frights you know doors are moving inexplicably doors are becoming unlocked inexplicably things are moving (laughs) where they haven't been before and the character knows okay that was not how it was when i left so, you know, it's like this, uh, you know, series of unexplained events. Um, and then, of course, you've got uh, the means to communicate with the dead, which is, you know, the sort of medium slash seance type of things. Yeah. Both these movies do that. And they both have a character named Mr. Tuttle. Yeah. Right? Isn't that funny? That is funny. That is like, I, I, did, I noticed it when I rewatched it. I'm like, hold on a second. You know, it's like, what's a, that, is that a coincidence? Could that be a coincidence or it's like, cause we both agree that these movies are very similar. Mm-hmm. And then you got, you know, in the others, you have a gardener, his name is Mr. Tuttle. And then the changeling, the, the, I think you called him the carekeeper, uh, was named Mr. Tuttle. Yeah. I, I don't know. I guess it could be a coincidence, but I don't know about that. It's a very interesting one. It's a yeah, very funny one. Tuttle's not like a common, like common last name. It doesn't feel like one in America. Yeah, I know this place. This movie takes place sort of off the coast of Europe, maybe on some sort of yeah. island. Some some shores. Yeah, I'm not sure yeah. what it's. I forget what it's where it's at. Ah, it's not. It's not important. But no. yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, this movie is pretty interesting as far as the movies we talked about go. This falls in the yeah. I kind of tricked you into watching a drama, but this is still a pretty spooky movie. Um, there's a lot of uh, set pieces where spooks happen. Um, how does this movie start again? I think it starts with Grace, who's our main character. No, uh, I think like the, no? the title sequence isn't that like a storybook sequence almost where they're like looking at drawings of stuff? Oh, yeah, because I think you hear her, I think she's telling yeah. the kids a story, right? Was it a biblical thing? Could, could have been, yeah, because yeah, I mean, we as we go along, she, we know she's very religious, so it, yeah. it could have been that, which yeah. is like this very interesting idea because we've got a character who's very deeply rooted in like this religious belief, kind of your typical Christian Catholic belief where there's like a heaven, hell, multiple layers of hell. Um, but by the end of the movie, I mean, let's just spoil the ending, yeah, might as well, um, because it'll give greater context to everything we talk about, yeah. But uh, Grace and her two children are actually. The ghosts in in this film yeah so instead of seeing it you know they're alive and then the ghosts are terrorizing they're kind of like being terrorized by the living people and aren't aware of it yeah isn't that cool it's cool yeah it's a really neat idea and what's funny is the living people are being terrorized by them 
they are being terrorized by the the living people. It's almost like this mutual scare is going on between the two parties, but we just don't yeah. see the living side. No, we don't. Not until the very end. Yeah, and we only see that for a few minutes. And and it's it's almost like there's almost like this this uh you know we have so we have you know the Grace and the and her two kids, and then we of course have you know the um uh, the the housekeeper and the gardener and, and the maid kind of show up all at once, and and we're not sure what's happening there. You know, as we go along, we find out, but we think there's something weird going on there. So we come to find out later on. Because again, we're spoiling everything. They're ghosts as well, so it's almost like ghosts haunting ghosts and the living haunted. It's you know, it's you know, funny you think they're being haunted by them. I actually think they're trying to be helped by them because you know Grace and her kids don't know that they're dead. True, true. So okay, so yeah, haunting's probably uh, the, the wrong the wrong word. Um, they they they're they don't seem to trust. At least Grace doesn't seem to trust them. So so. Yes, as we as we as we go along, we we find out. Yes, they are trying. She, they you know the housekeeper maid and whatever they're trying to the gardeners trying to help Grace and the kids, more so Grace because the kids seem to be almost a. They I'm not saying receptive to the idea. The daughter more so. The son is, seems to be kind of you know I'm not gonna say sheltered, but he doesn't seem to want to believe a lot of stuff. But the daughter is open for all of this. Well. By the time the movie starts, the kids are already telling us about the fact that her their mom had gone mad. Yeah. And so they're actually aware that they were smothered by a pillow at the very least. Um, we don't know that's what happened until the end of the movie. And they are they're obviously still quote unquote alive. So if they were smothered by the pillow, then that was just like a fit of madness by the mom and they're okay for it, and they were just really scared. But of course, they've actually been dead the whole time. Um, so yeah, the movie actually starts with Grace screaming, which I find very interesting. I think like as an introduction into the movie, this is sort of Grace maybe not realizing what she's freaked out about, but you know, she might be reacting to the this like suppressed memory of her killing her kids and then you know committing suicide i I think you're right on the money with that i think you know we're because we don't know any of this at the beginning we just think oh maybe she just had a nightmare it's as simple as maybe a nightmare of course you know now that we've seen it we know everything that happens i think you're dead on the money it's this this revelation that you know i did this thing and you know so but they're they just don't want to it's like they they don't want to i don't know believe anything or you know they're just it's just it's it's It's, just that's uh I think the sixth sense has already been out at this point. That came out in nineteen ninety-nine, right? Yeah. Nineteen ninety-nine they consider to be like the year of a just a, a, an amazing year of film. So I think it was nineteen ninety nine. You're probably right. Um I think in that movie there's a, a line where uh I forget the kid's name, the kid actor. Oh, Haley Joel Osmond. Thank you. Yeah. Uh his character says uh they, the dead don't want to believe they're dead. Yes. And I think this is totally relevant for this. It this really film. is, yeah. They just wanna continue life as it used to be. They don't want to sort of have to think about like this trauma they've gone through. Um, And this is why I think this movie, it's a very effective movie and not just as a horror movie, but as just a movie in general, Uh, you know, like, can we move on from our our past traumas and the mistakes we've made in the past? Um, I think the movie kind of ends on a bitter note and kind of argues against that. Um, Just the fact that they realize they're dead doesn't necessarily mean they've learned anything. Um, but I think we'll talk about that as we, we talk in this podcast. You don't think so? I, I, yeah. Because we like go the, the last line of the movie is no one can take us away from this house. 
Yeah. You know, and that makes me think that she's going to fight to get, make because she doesn't want to coexist. She wants no. to, the, the house to be her own. That's true. Yeah. Um, but again, it, it, it also, it also, you know, like you said a little bit ago, this, you know, if you're, if you, if you're not accepting that you're dead and that's a hard thing, you know, and it, you know, it's like, is your, are you, are you stuck? You know, why haven't they, you know, cause like you said in the last podcast, you don't believe in ghosts and that's okay. Um, there's a lot of people that do a lot of people that don't, I believe in ghosts. I believe in some sort of, you know, spirit or entity that's out there at times, you know, um, if you, if you don't believe in it and, and here they are, this family, they're, are they stuck in between? Like, you know, two, yeah. is that what you're, you like know, the, like the movie isn't very clear on it. I actually think the movie is actually fighting against like this, uh, sort of romantic idea of having a hell. And that I think maybe all of the dead kind of coexist on earth in some sort of form. But as oh. we're so used to in like a uh, sort of spooky movies that deal with spirits and ghosts in general, it's usually the, the dead that have been killed and are like, uh, have been wronged in some way. In this case, it was the murder of her two children and then suicide. Usually like heavy emotions are the ones mm-hmm. that keep them tied to like the planet is what I've been like sort of accustomed to through like years of ghost stories. That, so it could be one or the other. And I just I, don't know. I think you're right. I think maybe because, you know, she did this horrible act, you know, she killed the kids. She then killed herself. You know, she we, we know that she's very religious. Where else is there to go? So she's stuck in between that. You yeah, know? maybe. Yeah. See, I don't really know enough about uh, the religious stuff. I don't e- know if like, do Earth I. is some sort of limbo for her, where she now has to live with uh, her uh, perpet- perpetually trying to raise her children, while well, now knowing what she did, um, and then just trying to be a good mom throughout that time, basically for all eternity. The kids aren't going to grow up. Almost like over the top, right? I mean, because we see this as the movie goes along. She's very over the, the locking of the doors and the, yeah. no, the no sunlight. And, you know, she's, it's funny, it's 1945, but I mean, she's homeschooling them, right? I mean, you know, they're, 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 you know, doing, doing, I guess, schoolwork and uh, reading books and all these other things that you would do, let's say elsewhere. Um, and she's doing all that. And, and is it she, is she going over the, is she going over the top? Because maybe there's this, there's this, you know, this, I don't know, underlining thing that she knows that has, has happened, but she's not willing to accept it. And she, she goes over the, t- I don't know. Yeah. Actually, the events of the movie could be an overreaction based on what happened before that she just doesn't know that, 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 that what she's doing is an overreaction. Um, just trying to like course correct in the most extreme way. Um, but, Shel- uh, sheltering these kids, right? Cause I mean, we well, see this. It's I, like a, you know, like, see, the movie takes place in this weird, weird time period for that family. It's right after the war. Um, the island has been like draped in this huge thick mist. Um, the post office isn't doing their mail deliveries from their perspective. <laughs> like that. That's good. Oh, I don't know. What did I say? <laughs> I just thought that was funny. The mail deliveries. Yeah. I, uh, I was, you weren't trying to be funny. No, I wasn't. Oh, yeah. so like, but like no one is coming in. The only people that they've, experienced recently is the you know tuttle and then the you know i forget the character names oh mrs let's go ahead and um, grab them real fast yeah mrs mills mr and, tuttle, and lydia isn't lydia the and the, lydia she's the mute mate yes the person who cannot speak um we find out later is that uh the the, the fact that she found out that she was dead was just too much for her and now you know she can't talk 
Um, so it's, it's almost like the island or the house or some external factor is isolating them. And that would explain, you know, high emotions from the mom. So, I mean, it could be any number of things. I think, uh, from my perspective anyway, just the fact that you're dead. Yeah. Um, and even if you don't remember it, the fact that your kids definitely do, and you think they're lying because it's horrible and they're still alive is, uh, responsible for your emotional state and your behavior towards your children. Now, would you, so when we see these, these children, they're very pale. Is that a, is that a, you know, is that, is that almost like, um, kind of giving it away for us at first, or is it simply, could, could we argue that it was, is because they're, they spend all their time in the home because of sunlight, you know, it, it, it harms them, you know, or is it like right off the bat, they're saying, Hey, <laughs> they're dead. Are you not seeing this? You know, they're very pale. This movie does a lot of cool things, and that's the one thing I didn't notice. Because this movie is constantly putting forth the idea that ghosts are like, you know, these spirits and like like sheets or capes or whatever with chains. Um, like the the young girl says that multiple times with throughout the movie. So the movie is giving you this idea of what ghosts should be like. And obviously they're that's just a way to deconstruct the idea of what ghosts are. They're not. They're just regular people kind of trapped in some weird circumstance. Yeah. Um but uh, the the fact that they are very white people is not ever something I thought about. Well, the um, kids more so, right? Didn't they? But, not? but Nicole Kidman is also one of the whitest people to have ever lived. Yeah, she, she has like the palest skin she, ever. She's very pale. Yes, she's always, she, yes, she has always <laughs> been that way. Very pale. So it's like like they, they could just be super white people. I never really super thought pale. about that. But I think the fact that that is even something that came to your brain yeah. means there might be some intentionality to it. Yeah. So I, I think possible. it's a perfectly valid like observation. Yeah. yeah. Um, also the fact that they're confined essentially to the house. The only person that leaves yeah. is Grace. And when she does, she immediately comes back after experiencing the mess and grabbing a very handsome Christopher Eccleston. Uh, is it? Oh yeah. What's her husband's name? Charles or something? Yeah. But we, we immediately don't get any sort of, Hey, I missed you honey vibe at all from this gentleman. You know, something has, you know, like something weird is, is, going yeah, on. is definitely not right. And it's almost like the, the, the home or the grounds is their, is their prison. Mm-hmm. They, they can't get, get past it. You yeah. Know? They're, they're like tied to this physical space. Yeah. 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 And if they tried to go, I think the, uh, you know, um, I already forgot their names, Mr. Tuttle, uh, Lydia and, um, Mrs. Mills. Yeah. They've already talked amongst themselves. I, th- I actually, this, yeah. has, this doesn't happen until later on in the movie, but I'm pretty sure that they say they would become lost if they try to go into the mess and that they would eventually come back. Yeah, there was like no, when she went to go get the priest, um, there was no worries by them that she was going to get off the grounds, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. So there's, yeah. so, you know, um, but we're not sure at that time, you know, we don't know anything, you know. Again, we're getting kind of a, a little weird vibe from from you know the three that showed up to her door. They were you know looking for a job. You know she thought that she had put out a, a mailed out some sort of um, like oh, a tell, want tell, ad. yeah like a want ad yeah yeah back in nineteen forty five some sort of want ad. The mail was never picked up, so that that never went out. But here these people are, so she's a little suspicious at first. But they were like, hey, you know, it's a big home. Mrs. Mills you know? has a good backstory by saying, yeah, we came to this house just on the off chance there might yeah. be work. 
So Which that's why we're here. Makes we have sense, a, right? We have a history with the house and its previous owners. Yeah, yeah. We find out later on that, you know, this group is dead. And now it's never very clear exactly why they're here. We don't know if that they're coming back here to coexist in the house they used to work in and died at because they died of tuberculosis in yeah. the late 1800s or mid 1800s. It was sometime in the 1800s. Something like that, yeah. Um, and uh, Or if they're there to actually help um, the family. Now, how news travels in the underworld, I don't know. I know, right? Um, but uh, I always went, you know, on the second watch, and again, I haven't seen this movie in 15 plus years, but I remembered actually most of it yeah. as opposed to The Changeling. Um, I always, well, during this watch anyway, I thought that these people were actually here to help. Um, because they, they are being subservient to Grace and their kids. They're being kind to them. And when, you know, uh, they're talking about them behind their back, it, it's almost as a way to get them to understand their position in the world now. When I, yeah, uh, watching this again, and, and, and I hadn't seen it in a while, like you had. Um, I think the first time I saw it, I, I wasn't picking that up. I was almost picking up something's weird about, you know, them. What is their end game here? Um, you know, but then rewatching it again, and it's been a while. I I started it started coming back to me, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I can see that now. Um, again, the first time I saw it, I was I was sidetracked, and then I think the second time I saw it, I you know, who knows, DVD or something like you said, um, and it was a long time ago. I mean, heck, that was what 19 years ago. That's a long time. And if you haven't revisited since then, I mean, there's stuff you know. But um, I like I said, I remembered the ending quite well. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's this. Um, you know, as, as the movie plays along or plays out, we definitely see that. Yeah. You know, the main character here is, is Mrs. Mills. You know, Lydia doesn't talk. I mean, she's there a little bit. Mr. Tuttle's there a little bit. Um, there's some communication, but she's definitely, um, the leader of this, of this small little, you know, group. Um, which is funny to me. It's, is it funny to you that it's like, um, when they show up to this and they're like, they're almost like a package deal. You know, you're going to get, you're going to get the gardener, you're going to get the maid and you're going to get the housekeeper. Yeah. It, was that a, was that a thing then? I don't know. It almost seems like it. You know, it's like, they're like, I don't, I, it's, I don't know. I don't know, man. I mean, maybe I'm just, over, <laughs> maybe I'm just overthinking that. It did ring a little, some bells and grace, right? I don't know. I don't know how that stuff worked back in the day. I mean, maybe that was a common thing. Maybe. It's like, you know, you, I don't know. I mean, I guess, I mean, you know, I'm sure there's stuff like that these days, you know, if, you know, I'm not saying in this same realm, but I mean, you know, it's some sort of, some sort of package deal. Hey, you got this, this, and this, and, and all your, you know, all your needs are taken care of. Um, she needed these people. She had a big home. The previous ones left unexpectedly. What was it like two weeks earlier? And here you are. So, right. And they were familiar, obviously with the house they had, they had worked in the home before. So. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of where the movie starts off. Grace wakes up, begins her day. These guys come in and then she introduces the house. And this is where we kind of get like the framework for how the movie's going to operate, at least when it comes in regards to the house. Um, it's very interesting. Uh, Grace actually has make sure, make sure. Am I saying that right? Makes sure. Yeah. Makes, <laughs> makes, I felt like there should be an S at the end of that. That's make awesome. sure that all the locks, all the doors are locked yeah. whenever you're coming in and out of a room. So if you're leaving a room, you lock that other door, go through that door. And then when you're in that new room, you lock the door you just came in. If you're going to leave again, 
Um, and this is a precaution to make sure her kids who are photosensitive and get hurt by lights, by sunlight, um, don't accidentally have that happen to them. And, but she, the kids do seem to be fine with like lamp light. So there's curtains in every single room, wherever there's a window and there's all these doors that you can only lock with a key on either side. So this is all, this is already pretty strange. And I always kind of like it when a movie introduces a, introduces a strange like idea they don't do too much with it. I feel like it's almost like a missed opportunity that I could have had more doors be like locked or unlocked mm-hmm. and been messed with by, you know, this group and the living group. Um, but it's still really cool. Like we know, like there's something weird going on with Grace, her kids, and even this house, like right from the get go. Um, it just provides like this framework where the house itself and grace um, and our behavior is off kilter. Um, yeah. So we find out that uh, not, not long after is Mrs. Mills um, and them have been uh, or got to this job by not a newspaper, but because of what we talked about before. Um, and then suspicion is raised, right? But uh, it's very quickly quelled by Mrs. Mills with her backstory. Um, and I'm quite trying to remember when Victor comes in. Is the first time we see Victor um, in the bedroom, or is it during the time when she is studying in, like, I think the, uh, by the fireplace? I think we, yeah, we get the mention of Victor. Uh, yeah, I think she's, the, both kids are in separate rooms uh, doing their studying. And I think Anne. Is that her name? Mm-hmm. Anne is the daughter. She's yeah, she's studying and and the mom hears uh, you know, she hears like a, a voice. I don't know if it's laughing or talking. She thinks it's she thinks it's uh, you know, the boy. Um, and it's not him, it's uh, Nicholas. The the boy's name is Nicholas, not him, it's not Anne. And she, and and Anne's like, Mom, it's it's Victor. I've told you about this, you know, this kid before. But she doesn't want to believe it at all, you know. Nah. So and, Yeah, you're right. The first time we I think we we just hear him crying or something. Something like that. I, I couldn't really make it out. Victor, of course, would be the live boy who yeah. is, quote unquote, haunting them. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, of course, we don't know this yet. But yeah, you're right. It's, yeah. So, um, so and then during the sort of introductory period between Grace and the her new servants, um, she tells them to not necessarily agree or listen to these strange ideas that they're putting forth her kids are putting forth yeah what does she say strange yeah strange yeah you're right strange ideas yeah you know and uh, i think pay, this is, pay them no mind <laughs> right and this is reinforced afterwards where you know mrs mills is being told by the kids that their mom went mad and then grace is like yeah don't listen to that yeah um so we get a really cool scene uh between the kids and victor where Anne says that he's in the room and then Anne and Nicholas both sleep in the same room. Yeah. Same bed. Yeah. And Anne is talking to like this unseen Victor the entire time. Very spooky. Yeah. Cause isn't like, isn't he, isn't someone's moving the curtains. Is it Victor that's moving it's the Victor. curtains? Cause I mean, I, I, so the, when I, cause when I, when I look at this and I think about this, tell me what you think. Do you think that because this is his room, and he has the right to these curtains, and so he's, so he's moving the curtains because this is this is my room, and they're you know of course they're they're invading his room because they are the ghosts and they think it's their room. What what do you think? I mean, do you think it was just you know? I mean, that he's seems... co- he's doing his own thing, but it's it's 
it's messing with them and you know yeah i mean i think that's probably is his room we're not sure but we're why else would victor be there in the middle of the night yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah it's, it's, it's a it's a it's a creepy scene huh yeah the boy the uh, it's just uh, the, the idea of Anne talking to someone that couldn't be there that we don't see yeah and we're yeah. kind of like in the position of nicholas on whether or not he is or is not there where we're leaning towards him him being there you know, like there's just like this unexplained oh, aspect Victor? to it. Oh, Victor being there? Yeah. Nicholas. The, yeah. We, we Nick- kind of, we like the movie positioned it so we do think something is there. Yeah. And obviously wouldn't go through all this trouble. And we do see like a figure at some point in the corner. And he like, when he's like behind the curtain or something. And the, then the curtains are just inexplicably moving. Yeah. Yeah. It's really scary. And then, of course, Victor touches Nicholas on the face. <laughs> That's scary. This freak, yeah, freaks him out, man. Yeah. Freak me out, too. You yeah. know, there's a this movie does, you know, spooky scenes really well. And and, you know, it, it does. It does. Uh, it, it does. It, it sets the mood quite well. Um, you know, uh, uh, Grace uh, doesn't at this point, uh, I think it doesn't. Anne, and uh, uh, Grace is mad at, at Anne because uh, Nicholas is, you know, Anne did this, you know, so Anne gets punished and and. You know, um, Grace punishes her. I, I, you know, makes her do certain things for. I think the punishment goes on for like three days, right? Yeah, where she's just kind of reading from the Bible out loud. Yeah, like sitting on this. Like one scene, she's sitting on top of the stairs, and yeah. Grace is down below cro- crocheting. You know, hey Anne, I can't hear you. That's some old school punishment right there. Yeah, I, yeah. I was like trying to imagine being Grace. But I really want to listen to my kid for three days just reading the Bible. No, <laughs> that would be punishment for me at that point. Yeah, no. She's, I mean, we, you know, we know she's religious. So, um, you know, she's, she's sticking to her guns on this. Uh, she doesn't believe anything that, that Anne is saying. She's, she's scaring her brother, which is not cool with grace. And you're, you know, I'm going to punish you for it. And, and until you, until you say, uh, you know, to tell, tell us you that you were, you were lying, you were making up a story and, and Anne's sticking to her guns as well. She's like, I'm not, that's not happening. Yeah, you know? for good reason too. She's being punished for something that she didn't do, and at some point, I think you do have to believe your kid. Um, she like like Anne was with the punishment until she basically had to swear to some like the Virgin Mary, um, which I guess in religion is very important. I imagine, right? Probably S- swearing to like you know this very important figure in your your religion, um, and she's like, no, because I didn't do it. Now you're yeah. trying to make me do like this crazy thing. I didn't do it. And it's not until Grace actually has experiences of her own that she kind of starts to believe her. And that's kind of later on in the film where she ends up going into a room and she hears voices. And this is the room that has like a bunch of like cloths, like furniture with cloth draped on yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Like dust. Yeah, exactly. And uh, she hears like three different voices get super spooked out and then you know yeah she's like okay maybe this yeah, is like I, something that's actually happening yeah because she hears she hears footsteps upstairs and she tells mrs mills to tell hey can you tell lydia to keep it down up there and and so you know she's like yes ma'am you know and then all of a sudden we she keeps hearing these footsteps and she knows it's not Anne. she knows it's not nicholas because he's sleeping so and then she sees she sees mrs mills outside talking to lydia so okay what's happening here you know so that's when she yeah she goes yeah like you said she goes to investigate and sees you know here's the voices and the sheets and yeah you know 
again, we're, we don't know any of this stuff at this point. So it's just like, okay, we, we think in our head, these are just, yeah, these are, it's a ghost, ghosts, you know? Yeah. And then not long after that, she gets the experience with the piano. She hears a piano playing downstairs. She goes to investigate. She has like this really funny bit with the door at the very end of the scene. But hold on, we'll get to that. Yeah. She goes inside, brings a shotgun. Yeah, she, yeah. Or whatever that thing is. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it rifle. was a shotgun too, but I think it's just a rifle. They say yeah. a rifle in the movie. They do, yeah. Um, and uh, the piano's playing. She goes in the room. As soon as she opens the door, it stops playing. Because obviously, if, if you're from the piano player's perspective, <laughs> the door is just opening up by itself. Yeah. She goes to investigate in the room, and there's no one in there. It feels like there is. She, you know. Very pretty, very pretty music playing. Whoever's yeah. playing. I mean, right? Yeah, it is nice. It's very, it's very, yeah. And it's, and we talked about this, the similarities between the two movies. And again, this is just a straight coincidence. You know, in The Changeling, George C. Scott is a pianist. The father that we find out later on, you know, that is the. We actually found that this early on in the yeah. movie. Like Anna's describing the family. And she's like, oh, yeah, the dad is the Victor's dad is a pianist. Pianist. Yeah. 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 And so just uh, just a crazy coincidence. It almost does feel like this is just <laughs> like, like take the Joseph stuff out of like the changeling and replace it with his family. And then you set it in the 1940s or whatever mm-hmm. during World War II and like Europe. And you basically have this movie. I know. But you do it from like the perspective of quote unquote Joseph, but like as a family. Yeah. It's it, it, yeah. it, it comes back to what you you said before. There's no original ideas anymore. I think you said that in a previous episode. It's, I'm just like spouting other ideas I've, you know, like other people but, have said. I mean, you're right. When but just, this is like a cool perspective on the ghost story. It, it is. It is. Uh, you know, and just us coincidentally watching them back to back, which we didn't plan. I know we keep saying that, and it's going to sound like we did plan it, but we we really didn't. But we, I, I was shocked to see these similarities, especially yeah. the Mr. Tuttle thing that I, you know. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah. It almost feels like an homage, but I just it, don't it, know if they, right? like, it's possible they also saw the changeling and they wrote it in there. Um, Who knows? Yeah. Uh, but uh, the piano thing is really what sets Grace into overdrive. Um, she goes to investigate and then she basically has the door attacker. She's like, because the door, she's opening the door, the door closes and she does it like a few different times. I probably just to see if the weight of the door is all messed up or if it's like the hinge or whatever. Then the door at some point just like slams in her face. Right. It it slams. Yeah. Almost like, yeah. Slams in her face and she gets pushed like to the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I like that scene. And then I think at this point, this is when the, uh, she wants to get a priest. I don't Does actually she wanna, know. All this stuff yeah. is kind of mixing in my head. We hear the point. priest a couple times, don't we? Is that is that is that why? It's because she thinks something's happening and, and she wants the wants the priest to come, but the priest hasn't come. Yeah, I know she wants the priest there for some reason. Yeah, I mean, I know she she thinks it's it's so she grabs the rifle, you know, and does this, but. She thinks something else is in the house. She thinks a person is in the house. I don't think, I think she's completely convinced it's a it's a ghost or you know a, a, a spirit or something. I think it's the uh, the uh, experience with the piano on the door that really brings it to you think so spirit haunting yeah. demon whatever. Because then she wants the priest to bless the house to rid her of any of the yeah. these like supernatural intruders yeah yeah i think you're right at what but before then i think it was like is someone real alive in the house yeah i mean it turns out yeah 
But, <laughs> yeah, I know. But she, she, yeah, she thought they, you know, some, there was some stranger or some, you know, like they keep saying intruder. Um, and then well, it's what on point, her, what, go ahead. Oh, you know, at what point do they, just, is she looking, she's looking through like some of the rooms and she's, she's, she's yeah. looking at photographs and, and then she comes across that photo album, the which photo, the album of the dead, an album of the dead. And I've seen this in other movies as well. And I always really like it. It's, it's really creepy, right? No, it's a true thing that people did. You would take a last photo of your loved one. I mean, they're going to sit still. So of course it's pretty simple. That's, 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 that's creepy, man. She also says macabre. And I think, you know, what's funny is because for the longest time I didn't know how to pronounce macabre. Yeah. I, I think it called, called it macabre, you know, like, you know, when you just read a word a macabre times, or something, yeah. yeah, you just read a word like a million times, you know, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. Um, but I've like, I saw this movie and then I've read like a thousand books and all this stuff. And I've seen macabre like a billion times, but I was still pronouncing it that way. Cause I didn't know Nicole Kidman was actually saying macabre and that was the word she meant. Yeah. I don't know. I just wish I had picked up on that sooner because that would have saved me some embarrassment. Um, anyway, yeah, the album of the dead is cool and it's pretty interesting. She did actually didn't flip through the entire album of the dead because if she did, uh-huh. she would have saw Mrs. Mills and Lydia and Mr. And Tuttle. Mr. Tuttle. Um, is it so, so you've heard, cause I haven't done any research on this. You have heard this. this, this yeah. This was like a real thing. It had to have been. Cause I've seen this in other movies as well. And so I, I would not be surprised if it's a real thing, but so the idea is that if they take a picture, uh, uh, the picture when they're dead, it, it, what, what does it do? Something. Oh, with I their, don't know about the spiritual reason. I just souls? thought it was like a keepsake for the family. Like a last photo that's, of their see, to one. me, that's just a morbid keepsake. Yeah, but it Mrs. might have been different like back in the day. True. Mrs. Doesn't Mrs. Mills say something about the soul living through the photograph? Yeah. I man, we should yeah, you should look that up. I, I I'm in I'm interested in that. It, it's it's very morbid and it's very creepy. It doesn't mean it's not kind of interesting, because I, I think it is. I mean, stuff like that is interesting. But it's I've seen it in other stuff before. I've seen it in other movies before. I just can't yeah. think of them. I, I think the just the last photo taken of you being, you know, one of your corpses kind of, you know, it is it is macabre. It's kind of strange in a way. Like no one would want to remember your corpse as, you know, uh of you being alive. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think maybe that option just wasn't available to people living in the eighteen hundreds. I I, so, I I think the Especially whole, the poor. Yeah, yeah. I think the whole idea of you know, speaking of the dead, uh, if, of going, you know, of you're having a, a viewing of someone and, you know, you, you're allowing the, uh, you know, this, this time for family and friends to come and pay their respects, but in an open cast and you're viewing them, I've been to a few of these and they're, they're very unsettling. And I would rather remember the person, uh, when they were alive Instead of that last time I'm seeing them, because that's the image that uh, is stuck in my head, and it, and it seems to supersede everything else. I've I've been to a few of them, you know. Unfortunately, too many of them over the years, and I don't like them. I would prefer I don't mind going to pay my respect, but close the casket. I just I don't think it's, and I know a lot of people would disagree with me on this one. I just, me personally, don't like it. I don't want to see it. For me, it's uh, like the corpse. And this is just, it's a very complicated idea. Like the corpse isn't the person anymore. The There's just like a lot of interesting things when it comes to like the brain and the mind and consciousness and all this stuff. And I don't think I've worked those out for myself yet. 
but I don't think a corpse is really indicative of who the person was. And so when you're looking at a corpse, that's you're not looking at the person anymore. You're just kind of looking at the the vessel the person was in. Um, so, but uh, because that vessel, a corpse, the body is this representation of who this person was, because you identify them with like their face, their body type, all this yeah. stuff. You're putting a lot into that 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 viewing experience. Um, it's hard to get past that. I mean, yeah. So I mean, you're not seeing them for who they are anymore. You're kind of seeing like this this like empty thing that isn't them and it's kind of it makes you face a very like maybe slew of questions that maybe most people aren't ready to sort of deal with and then of course it's all happening while you're looking at someone you used to care about yeah Yeah. you're you're like you're confronted with your own mortality or something i i yeah it's part of it for sure and i agree with you i mean you're absolutely right but it's still difficult to you know to to know you knew this particular person and you had a lot of good times with this person and this, and then now you're seeing that it's, I mean, they're gone. And so the finality of being dead is already hard to accept. And then you're seeing they're just laying there and I just don't like it. It's, I, I just, it's just, a, it's just a, a, a vibe that I am, uh, I, I'm not a fan of, you know, but um, so when she's looked, when she's going to go look for the priest, she actually goes through the mist. She gets a decent way from the house, but she actually runs into Charlie, and Charlie is her husband who went off to the war. Charlie, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Charlie's just conveniently by, right. Conveniently runs into him in this in this yeah this fog, and he's the only other person that we see in the movie. Um, I well, that's not alive, alive. Yeah. Um. And uh, they reunite, and he has some weird things to say. He looks like he's struck by PTSD or something. He's kind of aloof and out of it and seems very traumatized. And, yeah, you know, he doesn't look necessarily happy to see her, but that's because I think he's also kind of confused by what's happening. And during their weird interaction, he kind of even says, like, I bleed sometimes. Yeah. Um, so there's, like, a lot of weird stuff going on with this reunion. And uh, the movie's already kind of played its hand in a few different scenes. Um, but I think this might be the scene to clue you in on that. Uh, you know, basically everyone who's seen to this point is probably dead. Um, the Mrs. Mills and Mr. Tuttle hide the gravestones. I think the movie's kind of misleading you into thinking it's their gravestones. But, uh, you know, we find out later on that it's actually Grace, right? No, no, no. Actually, no, we, we do it, find out it, it's it, them. It's theirs. Yeah, it's, yeah, my bad. See, I when when I when I when I saw Mr. Tuttle putting the leaves over the top of it, I honestly I didn't know what to to, to think. Um, I, I guess I could have thought it was theirs, but I, I why why is he covering up this tombstone? So it's because and, it's because like we find out they don't want to give the game away. They don't want to. Yeah. they're dead. But they're not they're not really haunting them, they're just kind of helping them that yeah. what does that say about Grace and her kids? Yeah. Well, they're dead as well. Yeah. So they don't want to give the game away. Now, did you did you think that um, you know, when Charles shows up, the husband, you know, you yes, he acts strange, but could it be simply dismissed by the fact that he just got back from World War II and God knows what he saw? Yeah. And he's just traumatized by it all. I mean, we that right? I mean, that's yeah. that's feasible. Totally. You know. And I think that's why the it's not like a here's my hand, but it's kind of just doing a little tip. A little bit of tip. Yeah. yeah. You're right. And he's um, you know, he wants to see the kiddos. 
Um, you know, the kids are ecstatic to see him, you know? Um, yeah. And Charlie even doesn't really necessarily knows that he's dead. Um, he says that he needs to go back to the front and that the war isn't over because for him, like, see, I don't know exactly how time works for the dead. Maybe he is still back in like 1944 or 1943 when he went off to war. And when he's saying about like the war is still going on and there's, you know, he needs to get back to the front is because for him, it's still, it still is 1933 or 1944. Do you think since we chatted about this earlier and this is just a, it's not, it's an observation. uh, If, if, you know, he was fighting the war. I don't know what side he was fighting for. I think Grace says he was fighting for the good side, whatever that means. He was fighting for the allies. For the allies. Okay. But but war, you're still you're still killing people, which is not a good thing. Yeah. It's and it's, it's, it's and, you know, I mean, especially if this 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 movie is is has a lot of religious things happening in it. They talk about the a lot of a lot of the stuff. You know, Anne's reading the Bible. Do we think that maybe Charles is 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 stuck in his own hell, you know, because yeah. we know Grace and the kids are. How do we know, you know, he he killed before he was killed, you know, and did a lot of bad things and now he's so maybe the front lines is he's he's reliving reliving this, you know, this over and over again. His own his own shitty groundhog day, you know. I I, I don't know. Yeah, he could just, definitely just be in idea. some sort of purgatory and even asks him yeah. in the film, "Have you killed anybody?" We don't get an answer to that. Yeah, we suspect the answer is yes, and then, yeah. you know, uh, Grace believes that um, if you're fighting for the good side, and she can't define what, how do you know if you're going on the good side or not? It, that if you're fighting on that side, that you're okay. Um, but I think this movie sort of makes the argument that, uh, again, I don't think the movie is saying that purgatory or heaven or hell exists. I think the movie is saying something different because I don't think any of these people are necessarily being punished. I don't think Mrs. Mills and Mr. Tuttle. And Lydia are being punished for being ghosts just because they died of tuberculosis. Yeah. You know, like, why would that be a punishment? I almost think that this movie is kind of just putting forth the idea that uh, if there is an afterlife, and this is just kind of dis- dis- um, getting away from the fact that this movie might just be like, oh, this was a cool idea I came up with, um, that if there is an afterlife, that, uh, you know, spirits are kind of coexisting on multiple planes with both themselves and the living. Yeah. You know, I don't even necessarily, it has to be a punishment for a grace and her kids. It might even be like a, a chance for, for like savior, you know, like grace now gets to, she killed her kids. She was basically in, in a moment, like the worst mom you could be. And now she has the opportunities to, to sort of give them a good afterlife. Yeah. You know, it's, and this is why I brought up the good place in our last episode. I've just kind of had like multiple through three different, two different movies and one TV show, three different ideas of what the afterlife could be. And I know the changing doesn't make an argument for it. It just kind of introduces this idea of ghosts, but the good place kind of like says there's a good place. There's a bad place. There's a medium place. And then when you're done with the good place, now there's a place where you can just end your existence. So if you want to be around for all of eternity, you can, Mm -hmm. if you only want to be around for like 6,000 years, but do everything you want to do in that time, you can what? end your existence. Is that what happens in the good place? It happens in the finale. If you, I'm spoiling it, so yeah. I don't know, Darren. You want to put a spoiler warning in there for the good place? <laughs> Feel free. Well, that's but it's an but, interesting uh, idea. I, li- I like that idea. It's so you know. So you, you and I and I. I'm not a religious person. You know this, son. But I do believe there's a you know there's a I'm sure there's a there's a version of heaven and hell and some some in between. And so if, if you're saying in the good place, they, you know, the, the ones that go to heaven, 
they they can do whatever they 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 want to do for however long and once they're done what happens to them at that point uh, do they explain that in the good place uh there's a character who literally knows everything everything she's basically like a, an encyclopedia for the universe and she made that doorway to end your existence and she doesn't know what happens um now the 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 show does this really interesting thing where we have one of our characters walk through the doorway and we follow her go through it and then we just kind of have like this panning shot that goes up into like the forest and we see the top of the trees and there's like these almost like uh what are those glow bugs called oh uh the like like the little light bugs yeah um fireflies like kind of like fireflies fireflies. we kind of have something like that and then it like transitions back to earth and we still see the the little fireflies and then we get this rando character who just has the opportunity to do something good and he does and that's where the show ends and i almost feel like that if the show is almost putting forward that when they end their existence at this point they've done they're in the good place they're choosing to end their existence they've kind of put into the universe the opportunity for people to be persuaded to do good things help mm-hmm. each other out that's what i think is happening yeah because I, I just i love the idea that yeah this guy instead of throwing the mail that isn't going to him brings the mail to where it should be and it's it's a really small thing he had to go through trouble to do it but he did it anyway and it, it yeah. also admittedly didn't mean anything but it was still the right thing to do yeah. and i almost feel like that's what's happening when they sort of end their existences they're putting you know their goodness back into it in some form, even though their consciousness might be gone forever. Um, Hmm. But then the show itself doesn't explain it. And I think the whole idea of that, that, that idea where you can just end it whenever you want to, is just like this idea of, well, when you've had a good run, feel free to pass on. I don't think the show is necessarily putting forward the idea of assisted suicide, but I think that's like clear comparison that people can make for that. But rather that you should just, during your time here, do your best with it. Yeah. It's a very simple idea, but it's the show does a very good job at making a good point of it. Just enjoy your time here and don't worry about dying. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's, but that's, that's very different than what this movie is saying. Yes. But I just (laughs) think, I think that, you know, I think what you're saying is it's, it's a cool and interesting idea. Um, another, you know, another way of looking at it that I, I've never thought of, um, you know, well, like the bad place isn't necessarily hell, but it's supposed to be hell. It's played for laughs most of the time where like punishment is spiders walking up people's buttholes. And then like the biggest thing that, is that, that that feels like hell to me. <laughs> yeah. But the way they say it's super funny or their penis oh, okay. is being flattened. That's another big one. Oh, OK. It's, it's, it's very funny. I'm not good at translating the funny humor of it, but it is. Um, so anyway. Charles learns about the, uh, you know, the madness of the mom, um, where she went, uh, she went mad as the kids say, yeah, and uh, smothered them yeah. and killed herself. Now we don't actually know that yet, but we know Charles has told a version of that by the kids, and he's obviously not happy about it. Um, but uh, he talks to Grace about it, and was this an opportunity for Grace to be forgiven, or, or I'm sorry, an opportunity for Charles to say? you know, um, maybe tell your kids sorry or what? I don't quite remember. Yeah. I don't know if that was really what was happening there. Um, I, I, and I think it was a, yeah, I think it was a missed opportunity for that to happen. That, 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 that particular scene to me was a little, 
I don't know. I'm going to say confusing, but, um, you know, the, the, the interaction between them is, is very sour. Um, you know, obviously, you know, uh, he, he still has, you know, still loves her, still has feelings for her, but, but he's, you know, he's, like I said, he's getting ready to leave again. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's that scene where like, I, I, you know, she's, she's upset and, you know, I think they end up, you know, um, you know, sleeping together. It's kind of like, uh, you know, his last, I don't know what that is. It's, it's is it his like last, a, um, it's almost like an act of kindness for the both of them. Kind of. He yeah. left, uh, he left for the war and never came back. And then grace was obviously left in this pretty crazy stressful situation where the war was happening right at her front door. Um, and she had to take care of her kids during it. And then obviously at some point it led to them all dying. But uh, and then Charles comes back and now she can say what she wanted to say to them. They can spend one last night together knowing that yeah. this will be the last night together. I almost find it very sweet that the movie does this, even though it's happening in front of not the perfect, most perfect circumstances, because Charles is obviously, you know, at yeah. the very least terrified of the war. And of the fact that he should leave his family, then go back to it from his perspective. Yeah. But he also might somehow know that he's also dead. I think he does. I think he knows something's not right with himself. Uh, he, you know, that's, that's where we get the weird vibe from him. We're not quite sure what it is. We find out, of course, later what it is. But, but yeah, he, he either knows he's dead or he knows something isn't right. But the idea of having to, to leave, you know, during World War II um, you know, we, we know, you know, the, the nightmares of, of, of wars is, I mean, it's terrible. And so you, you know, you leave your, your wife and your two kids unat unattended in this big home. Okay. So there's, yeah, there's, I don't know, servants and stuff or whatever, you know, housekeepers, maids, whatever, but it's not the same. You leave. He has no choice in this matter. You know, um, it's, it's, <laughs> it was very different then than it is now. And so, um, you know, it's, it's, it sucks, man. You know, the whole thing sucks. You know, she, you know, the, the, the result of this was he left for war. He died. She couldn't deal with it any longer. You know, she, she smothered or, uh, you know, smothered the two kids and killed herself. It's, it's a, it's, it's very sad, you know? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I know, but it is. No, I, I'm just thinking about, a lot of the movies we're talking about are kind of bummers lately. <laughs> yeah. I think the I one cut of the dead was like the last uh, optimistic one we've seen. Now we've got the next two are just like, ah, oh, man, death sucks. But I mean, it, <laughs> but I mean, and then you laugh at it. I know what you, I know what you mean, but death does suck. And, and, and luckily it's just movies and we're just talking about them, but you know, the, you know, um, let's talk about the movie though. We're almost, we're almost done with this. Act three is about to start. Um, so the next big thing that happens is Charles leaves. Grace obviously knows that Charles leaves. Right. And, but yeah. uh, she wakes up and she finds out all the curtains are gone. Yeah. Good. Don't the kids wake up and they're screaming, right? Yeah. Obviously they're okay because they're dead. The light doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. But we don't know that. We don't, don't know that. Know that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so she demands to know what happened to the curtains. And so she brings in Mrs. Mills, Mr. Tuttle, and then Lydia, like where the hell are the curtains? And then now we're kind of getting the tip of the hat or the tip of the hand that uh, are the kids okay? <laughs> and if they are, <laughs> what exactly led to them being cured? Like the, the servants aren't freaking out that the curtains are gone. There's a, there's a reason for it. And this is them 
sort of uh, guiding her to the fact that there is another group living in the house and it's yeah. a live one. Cause she argues with the servants and I think she boots them out of the house. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, she, you know, she kicks them out of the house, which, you know, I guess, you know, if, 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 you know, uh, I woke up and all the curtains are gone, my kids, this and that, and I'm not still quite sure what's happening. Yeah. I think my, my, re- my initial reaction would be, you know, you guys get out of here. Yep. So she looks for the curtains. She can't find any. This happens throughout the entire day. It's nighttime. The kids, you know, go to try to find Charles who had left that same day. And, and they find this, the, the, the gravestones of Mrs. Mills, of uh, Mr. Tuttle and of Lydia, who had previously that same day removed the leaves that were hiding them. Yeah. So now the kids know that uh, those three are indeed dead. What does that mean? Were they the ones haunting them this entire time or is something else going on? That's well, that's what they think because then they, right. s- they see them start walking towards them and they're like, Hey, they you are know. walking in a spooky way where they're like <laughs> synced and they're not really saying much. Yeah. 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 I, it, being, being, uh, the, them kids. Uh, yeah. Um, I'd had definite reservations about, uh, you know, <laughs> associating with them. And the movie does like a smart thing here where instead of like the kids telling her like, Oh yeah, they're dead. Uh, Grace actually finds out basically at the same time that uh, Mrs. Mills and you know the other two are are dead because she finds a photo in the attic of those three that was taken from the album of the dead, where it's just their corpses being posed for a photo. Um, so we're all on the same page now. They're dead. Yeah. She locks the house to prevent them from coming in, and then that's when we get our. Do the kids run up to the bedroom or they get locked? They, don't they hide in the bedroom, like in the yeah, in the uh, which the wardrobe or something? Um, yeah, that's it, one scene that I remember vividly from when I was a kid. It's a creep. It's it's a it's a it's a very kind of eerie scene, right? Because we hear about this, you know, earlier in the film, we hear about you know the Anne shows the drawing of this family and how many times she's seen them. You know, she's seen Victor this many times and she's seen this guy this many times. Well, there's this old woman and. And she says there's something weird about her eyes. And I, I don't know. I don't remember if she said there was a, a weird smell about her. But she described her kind of as an old, kind of creepy, wit, you know, like almost like a witch. And so, so you know, and and uh, and she had, they had seen her several times. Oh, I think it I, was uh, 2, 2, 5, and 11. So mom, oh, dad, oh, you remember Victor, that? Oh, my goodness. The witch. Um, so, so, so then they're, they're hiding and then they hear these, vo- they, they hear a voice and then the, the wardrobe, you know, opens up where they're hiding and there's the, the old lady and yeah, weird eyes, uh, you know, um, of course we find out later that she's, I think blind, but, um, you know, it's very creepy. Yeah. There's breathing that's unexplained. think it might be Victor. Turns out it's her. Yeah. And then uh, we get a, like, like one of the only jump scares in the movie where the, the thing just opens up very quickly and you see her face. And, uh, when you're unprepared for it, it is kind of scary. Yeah. Um, but uh, downstairs, while this is happening, Mrs. Mills and them are kind of explaining that uh, they're dead, and there are the intruders are also someone who are living in the house currently. I forget if at this point if they say they're alive. I don't think she. Um, I don't is. think I don't know if they did or but, not. But uh, we're about to find out very quickly because the children are taken. They're taken in the same room as a seance is happening. Grace hears some commotion over there, goes into that room. And sort of is transposed to how the room is and 
1950 or 1960 or whenever this takes place. Yeah. With, uh, you know, a different table. It's just some random group of people. And then her kids in the corner just kind of talking to them. But the people yeah. at the table don't seem to know they're there, you know, because they're not looking at them. No, but, no. Uh, I don't think that the, the only one that I think fills, you know, the, the medium uh, who's conducting the seance is, is I think they're being channeled through her. Um, so you see the kids when, you know, when Grace walks in and at first when you, you know, you're not quite sure yet. And then it starts to come together and you're like, what the heck is this? I mean, these people are here and they're, you know, doing this thing, but then, yeah, you know, I think it's the, the husband and the wife who now own the house or live in the house. And then the medium and who knows, maybe her husband, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're talking through this, this medium that the, at least the daughter is right. Mm-hmm. Anne. And Grace walks into this, and I think they start. She starts to, you know, <laughs> yeah. And then this is where she finds out, uh, even if she doesn't want to believe it, that she, she is dead. Um, the seance is cool, uh, just like a, we we talked about last week in the Changeling. They're using this process called automatic writing, where it's a psychic ability where a medium just kind of like goes scribble, 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 and then. If some message from the dead or beyond or anything supernatural comes to them, that's when they write it. I don't know. It's kind of cool as a filmic technique, just because you're kind of getting that noise. It right, you know, uh, ratchets up the tension. Then you get the word, and it's very important. Yeah, yeah it, it works in the movie just great. Yeah, I, I think seances as a whole. I think I love I love these. I mean, there was a seance in Drag Me to Hell, which we talked about before. Mm-hmm. I think there's I think there's a seance in Insidious. I, you know, um, I I like I like this idea. Um, I don't know if that's real. I I've never been to one. Um, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's just, I, I, you know, for, especially for a horror movie, it's, it's, um, you know, it definitely creeps you out and it definitely sets the mood. Um, but for this movie, it's the fact that there's a seance happening is kind of the surprise. So it's not the fact that, uh, it's not like the stuff happening within the seance is the scary part. It's the fact that a seance is happening is the scary part. And this is the movie where the it reveals the choice that they're the dead ones. Yeah. There's a live family going on and they're the ones trying to figure out what's going on in their house. Yeah. And that's because, you know, Anna and Nicholas and Grace are kind of quote unquote haunting the house by just their presence. Uh, it's a really cool trust. It is. It's, it's a very cool idea. It, it cause, cause we, you don't really, I mean, we, like I said, I mean, it has, it has been happened for probably, you know, um, I mean, we know we've talked about the sixth sense. I mean, we, you know, that was a cool twist ending. I would say this is, you know, on the same lines as that, um, you know, cause you know, the, the norm is, uh, you know, the, um, it's the opposite. I mean, we're seeing this from the, uh, you know, the ghost perspective instead of the opposite. And that's, that's a, uh, you know, a cool idea. Yeah. Cause and, we and think it's executed the, quite well. Right. They I mean, think they're the ones being haunted. Yeah, and, yeah. It's the, it's and just, they are in a way, and that's why I think why yeah. the twist works because they're both being haunted. Yes, um, I don't think the ghosts are aren't victims too. They're not. I think Grace and her kids are being sort of terrorized by the fact that other people are living in the house. I don't know why. It just it just happens to be going on for both the living and the dead in this one. Yeah, and that's I why mean, I like the twist so much. Well, I mean, uh, uh, I guess a, a similar, more comedic idea would be Beetlejuice, right? I mean, they, 
that they die and they're stuck in their house and here these people come in yeah. and they're invaded, you know. Except uh, in, in their case, it's like they're actively trying to get them to leave. Yes. Right. But uh, in this one, it's like they don't really know what's happening. They, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's funny that this movie is basically Beetlejuice. I didn't realize <laughs> don't, that. Don't say that's funny. <laughs> I know. Um, so Grace realizes <laughs> she's dead. She throws a fit, rips the automatic writing papers, and then... The living people are like, yeah, we're just going to move out. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, we've we've tried everything and this is not working. Victor is scared and let's get out of here, husband. Yeah, I mean, good call. Um, and I, I think absolutely. at this point uh, they get confirmation from Mrs. Mills that, uh, yeah, they're they're dead and they are dead. And the people that are leaving the house were alive and that they should try to do their best to coexist and. Every now and then they'll be able to experience one another. Yeah. You know, but uh, they leave. The the living family leaves. And then Nicole Kidman says pretty ominously that no one is ever going to make them leave their house. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, Mrs. Mills says something like, you know, people are going to, there are going to be other families that come here. And, you know, and this is not, this is not the end. This is going to happen again. And, but yeah, that is kind of uh it, it's you know seeing it from from both perspective it's like you feel for both of them right mm-hmm. i mean you know the the idea of being dead and and stuck you're you're you haven't passed over you're 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 you know they're they're um well within the context of the movie we're not even sure if there is an over it's possible that there is no over yeah but the, the idea of they're mostly they're they're you know uh they're 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 uh, stuck in this house mm-hmm. and it, it doesn't, it, you know, uh, even if they wanted to leave, they can't. Yeah. The movie also kind of, it's very interesting because this has been a very like religious movie, at least in terms of like grace as a character. And then at the end of the film, like the kids are asking her like, you know, what's, I thought there was a heaven or a hell. And then grace is like, well, I don't know anymore. I'm as wise as you on this. So like yeah. she's kind of at this crisis of fate too. I mean she's dead and she's not in heaven or hell. Ex- yeah, because I mean early on she she's very strong in her beliefs and she believes and and yeah and now now she's seeing you know what is what we've seen has transpired here and she yeah she doesn't know what to believe and you know it's yeah it's, and the movie just kind of leaves you with these questions they don't answer them and I think that's okay I almost feel like this movie almost deserves a sequel in some way because. We're introduced to a lot of questions with no answers, and we're not even sure what the how the characters are gonna handle all the stuff that's happening. I almost wish there wasn't others too, but uh, and that's only because like the, the the this movie is just introducing some pretty interesting stuff. Um, yeah, that, but I uh, almost I almost would rather it end that way and and maybe leave a few things um, you know unsaid or unknown because I I would prefer that than a sequel that's just completely dumb because I mean how how often does that happen? That's true. Uh, you know, it's very possible that you couldn't answer those questions in like a satisfying ninety minute movie. You, you wouldn't. I mean, you know, I mean, how many different sequels have we seen over the years? And most of them, I'm gonna say all of them, but most of them stink. They just do. And so I, I yeah, like the idea plenty of good sequels out there that like, don't no, no, no. I'm you're, talking you're generalizing. Like, I'm sequels talking as, like this bad thing. <laughs> no, and not. I'm not saying all sequels are bad. Most horror sequels are not great. I'm not saying that there's not some good horror sequels out there. Cause there are, let me give you an example. Insidious was really, really good. James Wan. I love James Wan. I've, to- I've talked about him before. 
Then they did a sequel to Insidious and explained all the stuff that we didn't know about in the first one. And I felt it kind of took away from the first movie. I don't want, sometimes the mystery is, is, uh, I, I really like it. I enjoy the mystery of something because then I can sit here after the movie ends, I can sit here and I can talk about it and go, maybe this, maybe that. But then when you give me a sequel and explain it and then it's like, oh man, I don't want that. I don't need that all the time. You know, just the idea of not knowing sometimes is enough for me. For me, I I say you just deal with like the crisis of faith that Grace is experiencing and how she deals with it as a ghost. That's kind of like where the sequel for this movie would be most interesting for me. I mean, that's that's what I'm referring to. Like, I almost wouldn't even want the sequel to be a horror movie, but rather just a pure drama. Um, So that's all I meant. I know, I know. I think, yeah, no, um, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I, I, um, I just think there's like there's questions that this movie brings up that might be able to be expanded upon in a sequel. I don't, I don't like this movie doesn't need one. I just think that the movie doesn't end in a satisfying way with like this complete character arc for Grace or her kids. Um, that's all. Uh, that that's all I mean. Yeah, just an idea. Just floating it past you. I know. I hear what you're saying. Um, I just like this whole idea, though, of of you know the, the you know this how we you know the, the we're seeing the, the the perspective of really you know um, uh, the ghosts and and the living, and then uh, I I just I don't know. I just uh, I enjoyed this movie. I enjoyed the idea. Um, I'm not going to say it's a complete original idea, but I, the execution was was uh, was really good. Um, you know, looking at it a different perspective. I mean, you know, like like I said earlier, it's always it's always uh, the perspective of I'm the living and we're being haunted, and seeing it from the other side, it's uh, it's I don't know, is is interesting and quite entertaining. Yeah, you know? I think this movie does a good job with it too. No, it does. I, I mean, I you know, I I did I enjoy this movie. I would I would definitely you know if anyone hasn't seen it, I would say I would say check it out. I know we've kind of you know, we've, we've given everything away and probably, you know, ruined it, but I mean, it's uh it's in the journey Dad. yeah, yeah. Pleasures in the journey. Yeah. It's I mean, a good movie. you know, I'd seen it before I knew it was going to happen. I still enjoyed it. So, you know, anything else, uh, what do you think? Anything else you want to add? Anything else we forgot about? Uh, I really like the double entendre of the title, you know, the others being them the entire time as opposed to the living family. Yeah. Uh, very clever. Good job, guys. I know, right? Better than the changeling where it's just like, ooh, this is just a word in the, the scripts. I like I had never heard of the changeling before. Yeah, I know it from like Dungeons and Dragons or Magic the Gathering. You know really? what I'm saying? Yeah, you see it every now oh, and then. Oh, see, I I <laughs> up until the movie, because I don't play those, you know, um those I I those games are yeah. uh, I had never heard of it before. So the you know, I I just like the idea of that, you know. Also, Nicole Kidman kind of kills it in this movie, and uh, she is really good. Just uh, in this, like basically everything I've seen her in, and lately, um, was it Big Little Liars season one? She fucking killed in. I didn't watch much of season two, but she's just going down as one of the the greats for me of like you know modern actors. She just everything I've seen her in, she's so great, and she kind of kills it in this. Yeah, she's great in this. So and obviously Christopher Eccleston is good, but he's only in the movie for like five minutes. Yeah, yeah. I, I I thought the kids were great too. 
Yeah, they um, were. And you don't you see know. that very often. No, but they, they didn't. They good. felt very natural, especially when they're talking to each other at the table. Yeah. They felt very much like kids and uh, especially siblings. Yes, exactly. That's what I was going to say is, is the siblings. Um, I thought the music was, uh, you know, I, I, I've talked about this in the past. I, in movies like this, ghost movies, you have to have uh, good music and it has to set the tone. And it did that in this. Uh, I, I said the same thing last week in The Changeling. Uh, I, you know, with me, um, if, if, uh, if I'm watching a ghost movie or a, really a horror movie in general, and it, the music has to be right and it sets the, the tone for the whole film and the vibe that I'm trying to get from it. And if, and if the music does that, I'm all, I'm all, I'm all on board. It's funny you bring up the music. The music in this movie felt very big budget to me. It's, uh, between that, the cast that they had. Um, it makes it feel very expensive, but I'm looking at the budget here and it was only 17 million. So this is a pretty small budget, maybe kind of expensive for like a horror film, especially for a horror film that takes place all in one house. But, uh, it felt very money heavy, if you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think part of that's from like this orchestral music that they had going on. Yeah. But it's does set the tone. It's really good. Yeah. It is really I good. I like it. All right, man. Well, I don't have anything else to add. Uh, anything, anything else we want to, before we wrap this up? Nope. All right, cool. Well, I think that is going to do it for today's episode. Um, thanks for, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, next week, uh, we're going to be talking about 1985's house. Uh, uh, again, another movie that I love, um, that I'm suggesting, uh, stars William Cat and, uh, George Went. uh, Donovan, you remember George from, uh, from cheers hey <laughs> norm <laughs> anyways uh great movie uh uh join us uh join us next week have a good one guys thanks for listening don't forget to follow us at both twitter and instagram at ear for fear you can also check out our website earforfear.com there you can purchase merch and stay up to date on current episodes as well as news and events We hope you come back and get an earful. See you soon.